Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Can the solution to climate change be found in the boardroom? This week on Parts Per Billion, we look at whether corporations can step into the climate leadership vacuum. Hello and welcome once again to Parts Per Billion, the podcast from the newly christened Bloomberg Environment. That's our brand new name, Bloomberg Environment. And as always, I'm your host, David Schultz. So at this point, it's pretty clear where Donald Trump stands on the issue of climate change. He's been president for about nine months now and a candidate even longer. And the Trump administration does not think that climate change poses as big of a threat to the world as its predecessor did. And it spent these past nine months rolling back a lot of the climate regulations that the Obama White House put in place. The most recent example of this was the EPA's moves earlier this month to withdraw Obama-era regulations on power plant emissions. So what does all this mean? One could argue that the federal government has basically gotten out of the business of addressing climate change, and who's going to step into this climate leadership vacuum? Well, maybe the country's CEOs. Bloomberg BNA's Dean Scott attended a corporate sustainability conference in New York recently and spoke with several of these businessmen and women who believe that the free market is driving companies to reduce emissions, regardless of what the government does. And as Dean says right now, the government isn't doing a whole lot of anything on this issue. I like to liken it to uh, the situation was, you know, when you're walking down the street in, in a, a lot of places I've lived, there's a business that's sort of perennially out of business, right? So you just have to check back from time to time. Unfortunately, I think for those who want to address climate change, this is a, a business that, that uh, might be closed for uh, at least four years under Trump. I don't. I think this is cyclical. So depending on what the, happens with the next administration, um, the U.S. will be back in quote the business of working on climate change ultimately. But there's no doubt that uh, Trump is essentially retreating from many of the policies that Obama did, whether it was the power plant carbon pollution limits or vehicle emission standards. Do you think that? Um if you said, uh, it seems like you're sort of getting out of the business of, of tackling climate change, would they say, no, you're wrong, we actually are? Or would they agree with that? And they would, would they say, you know, yeah, we actually are sort of rolling back in this area because we don't think it's a, it should be a priority? Well, there's two halves of that. One, one half is, is on the science, and there's, there's plenty of voices in the Trump administration saying that carbon di- dioxide may not even be harmful. We've certainly seen a lot of that from, from some of the nominees uh, that Trump has put up. Uh, but I don't think anyone in the administration would argue that they're making sort of a full-throated effort to address climate change. Where they make a distinction sometimes, I think, is that they will make a claim that the U.S. has made great progress 
uh, and the, the, has used the phrase, uh, the U.S. owes no one an apology in terms of the reductions that we've made. And as we've done reporting on that, that's not necessarily the case. The U.S. has done quite a great deal in the last couple of years, but our emissions are relatively flat from the early 1990s. That makes things complicated for people like Lorna Davis, one of the CEOs Dean spoke with. She's the head of the company Dan & Wave, a division of the global dairy products company. Davis's company is pushing to be more sustainable, but with the political situation right now, there's a lot of distraction. So I think what's happening is that companies in general like us are saying the noise will happen at, at a political level. And of course, we would love much so, more support at a political level, but nothing's getting in our way to just keep on doing what we need to do. Dean says Danon isn't the only company that's going to keep on pushing to make its products more sustainable. Microsoft is a good example. You know, Microsoft, in terms of, a, there's no federal standard requiring Microsoft to take that action, and yet it has an internal carbon price on its different operations that it has to actually show, you know, and they, they essentially move um, money around within the company from, say, one part of the operation to another to reflect that carbon price. Um, they're not required to do that, and certainly companies aren't required to make this pledge toward the Renewable Energy 100, which is a, a pledge to go 100% renewable for your facilities. And Davis says that's one of the big impediments for sustainability among a lot of companies, especially retail companies. How can they communicate these efforts to their customers? But the big question that all of us as, as consumer goods marketers, let's say, I need to ask ourselves is how do we make it simpler for people who's pushing, you know, somebody's pushing their cart down an aisle of Walmart, they've got screaming kids and they've got a budget and how are they going to pick up a product and say this is a good one or, or a bad one. And that's where not having the government getting involved makes things really difficult because a government agency like let's say the EPA or the Department of Energy would typically be a perfect third party that could certify sustainable products. Dean says right now, there's no real third-party arbiter who can act in this way. Well, there's not one for environmental issues in terms of across the board for, let's say, sustainability or, or uh, how you've reduced pollution in your operation, et cetera. There's no sort of universal um, green box that you can check or you could put a, a label. Some of these programs that are, are essentially voluntary, like the Energy Star program or the Energy Department, uh, have been proposed for either elimination or deep cuts by Trump. But when you buy products, it's very hard to, to discern. There's no way to know across the board for products the sustainability score. And some of the more interesting conversations I had at, at Climate Week were these discussions about in, 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 say, 10, 20 years, we'll probably have whole departments and companies that are working on the sustainability and green disclosure so that there's so much measurement that consumers really will have a much better idea of what they're buying. And if they prefer to have products that are sustainable or green, they can find those, that, that, not just those products, but those companies. In a moment, we'll get to one of the surprising reasons many companies are throwing more weight behind their sustainability efforts and we'll ask whether it's really possible to, quote, do well by doing good, many in the corporate world would like to say. But first, a few housekeeping things. As you heard at the top of the episode, we've rebranded ourselves as Bloomberg Environment. So you might hear that term thrown about more on this podcast and online. And speaking of online, if you're on Twitter, try using the hashtag parts per B. If you tag your tweets with that, we can check them out and start a conversation. It will be just like chatting in person except online. So remember, use the hashtag PartsPerB to join in the conversation about this podcast. That hashtag, once again, is PartsPerB. 
And we're back. We're talking with Bloomberg DNA's Dean Scott about whether corporations can step into the climate leadership void left by the Trump administration. Dean says another reason companies are thinking more seriously about their carbon footprint is that the composition of the actual people who work at these companies is changing. One of the more interesting um, themes that I, that I heard in talking to um, some of the sustainability managers for these companies is this theme of millennials who are looking for and making this um, uh, sustainability or green footprint um, much more important in terms of their decision of what company to work for. So that, that, that's going to drive um, uh, product on the product end. It's going to drive products. It's going to drive products in terms of the kinds of vehicles, perhaps, that, that consumer, millennial consumers will buy, but also the kinds of companies that they'll work for. And so it's a, re, it's a recruitment and retention issue. That's right. And, but I think that's going to be even deeper in a company uh, such as that in the next couple of years because of this message of, you know, the overall impact of what companies are doing in terms of their carbon footprint is something that the, that generation has much more uh, of commitment to, understanding of, and uh, belief in climate change being a major global problem. That's one of the reasons J.P. Morgan Chase has started developing more products with an eye on the environment, according to the Capital Strategies head of its sustainable finance division, Aaron Robert. For us, I think some of it is is responding to um, a changing demographic in the investor community, which is becoming younger, increasingly female, and has shifting priorities. Ultimately, what this all boils down to, Robert says, is that a company's long-term interests should be aligned with what's good for the environment. I think the notion that you cannot do well and do good is outdated and becoming increasingly so. Doing well by doing good. It seems awfully convenient. Corporations can make money and be the good guys when it comes to solving climate change and saving the world. Dean says whenever you go down this road, you have to watch out for greenwashing when a company tries to make itself look environmentally friendly without actually being environmentally friendly. Our company is simply putting out you know, press releases on efforts they're making to uh, reduce their carbon footprint, but in the end, they're a major component of the problem. So some of them, you know, some of these companies are, are saying, you know, we're doing all these great things, but they might be cooking the books, so to speak. Yeah, and I don't know about cooking the books because the way I look at it is in many sectors, such as the financial sector, tech sector, there's a, there seems to be a pretty strong commitment toward, you know, actually looking at what they can do and what, what additionally they can do to cut emissions and, and, and make some sort of contribution. But then you have you step back from that and you say, well, what, what are the major sectors that emit in the U.S.? And so at some point, if you're analyzing uh, the, these corporate efforts, you have to be, ask yourself, where are all the, uh, the coal company, oil company, natural gas companies, are they actually stepping up? Because they're a big source of the emissions. You know, there's no doubt. Probably, probably the biggest. Yeah, and, and, and power plants, for example, being, being a, um, and, util- and, and the utilities that run them. In other words, the question you should be asking isn't whether corporations can step into the climate leadership vacuum, but rather, which corporations? If it's not the ones that emit the most carbon dioxide, in other words, the energy sector, then it's probably not going to matter all that much. And that's all we have this week. We were speaking with Bloomberg BNA climate reporter Dean Scott. For more of his reporting, visit our website at bnanews.bna.com. This episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs, Rachel Daigle, and Patrick Ambrosio. The music for Price Rebellion is A Message and a Slave by Jazar. They were used under a Creative Commons and Attribution Share-like license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com.
Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.